Set This Town on Fire by Ben Sturgill, one of the sponsors of this show. And uh, it's appropriate for today's guest, Adam Huber. He's uh, he's setting the town on fire with his work. He's doing some cool things, uh, a lot of fun things with Parody Patrol. You can find him on YouTube, Mr. Parody Patrol. And uh, just, you know, maybe cutting edge, is that the term? I don't know. But uh, some really cool stuff. You know, he just, I'm, I'm super proud of him. I've watched Adam go from just being a production assistant to now, you know, he's directing, he's, you know, directing full-time at a company, putting cool parody fun projects together to promote products, and he's still doing his own thing. And he just, uh, he had a Pokemon Go parody, and thus far, it's his, uh, it's his highest viewed video to date. You can go to Mr. Parody Patrol on YouTube to see that, and it's pretty amazing. And watch the end of it. When you watch the end, you'll see you'll see a fun little little part when he's talking about subscribers, and you'll see how it works into one of our sponsors, Dr. Mark Holland. And I don't know with what happens to Adam in his video if uh, Dr. Mark Holland can help with that, but... If so, if it's a, a situation, an action pack scene that Adam's shooting and he needs to get his spine adjusted and uh, Adam's based in St. Louis currently, he can go to Dr. Mark Holland at one of four area locations, get his adjustment, keep a healthy spine and, and keep running around with cameras and acting in videos and doing all the cool things he does. Uh, Dr. Mark Holland, great colleagues that he has, like I said, four offices in the area. And to find out more about the office that best fits you, go to mystlouischiropractor.com or chiroandrehab.com and once again Dr. Mark Holland longtime sponsor of the show and great friend uh, speaking of you know I mentioned Ben Sturgill another another great friend and sponsor and Ben is uh, we're getting ready to head to Los Angeles for a music conference to help him with his music to get some placement in television film commercials and, and maybe at some point Adam can utilize one of one of uh, Ben's songs, or Ben can score something for Adam. You know, maybe at some point Adam and I have talked about collaborating on a project, so maybe that is that's the right right point to bring Ben in. But if you like what you heard from this song, and it's it's layered, there's a lot more to it. Go to bensturgill.com, sign up for his mailing list, and then shoot me an email. You can reach me uh, kencalcaterra.com, ken.calcaterra at gmail is my email. But uh, you can reach me through any of my social media outlets. Let me know that you signed up for Ben's Ben's uh, email, and, and I'll uh, I'll be sure to take a look and see who's who's signing up, and we'll send you a free MP3 of this song. Set this town on fire. I know you'll like it. It's off his Music Box album, which is it's just an amazing album. So that's Ben Sturgill. Here is Adam Huber on Conversations with Calcaterra. So Adam, what's been uh, what's been cooking up in that? beautiful crazy demented mind of yours for parody patrol all kinds of nonsense man how are you doing ken doing great doing great yeah i haven't had much nonsense going been focused on on like financial endeavors and whatnot so the art side you know you have to 
it's weird being an artist in this day and age because you, uh, you know, you get to the point where you dig a little bit of a hole and then it now is the climbing out phase of that. Yeah, definitely. It's always, it's always a challenge to balance work and art. And, and I think the goal for a lot of us is to actually be able to do both. Um, and yeah, it's definitely always, it's, it's always difficult, but it's, it's, it's always worth trying. We were talking about that just a second ago, building momentum and trying to get stuff going and then keeping it rolling. And I think that's definitely the key, uh, yeah, it's just getting that ball rolling and keeping it going. It's hard. <laughs> it's really hard to do. It is, yeah. but but when you can do it, I, I know like different artists. For, I've got a friend uh, who's been a guest of the show, Ben Sturgill, and this guy, he's he's always on Facebook Live. I guess I haven't used yeah. Facebook Live yet, but he is it's like Periscope. I think yeah, it's it's like Periscope, but through Facebook, and he's right. always creating music. Yeah, that's awesome. on you. You know, I can join him while he's creating, which is really cool. Yeah. And then he, you know, he looks and he gives a shout out to everyone and then, you know, trying to help him get some music placements because he's just a, a genius. Right. But speaking of yeah. Parody Patrol, what what's new with Parody <laughs> Patrol? What what what's your latest creation with that? What's what's a, uh, a skit? The most recent thing we've done is actually if you've seen the Facebook tasty videos that they do, it's actually <laughs> by BuzzFeed. Um Put one of those videos out. Uh, it was the first video that went directly to Facebook just because all of their videos kind of play in Facebook autoplay. I think that's a big key thing. I'm always constantly trying to figure out how to uh, how to share, how to post, how to do social media. And um, definitely Facebook algorithms um, are better suited for uploading directly to Facebook because I've noticed you get more eyes on your on your video, on your your work, if you actually post to Facebook, then again, you can't actually, you know, if you if you're trying to build a YouTube channel, which we're trying to do at Parody Patrol, it's hard to get you know people from Facebook over to the YouTube channel. But at least it's I think it's about building building a brand, and if it's totally. if it's building it on Facebook, and then you know telling people, hey, we also do videos on YouTube, go check them out. And I think that helps. So posted that that did. A lot of our a lot of our videos in general on YouTube don't tend to have tons of views, but um, this did pretty well on Facebook. It got like two point five thousand views, bunch of likes, bunch of shares, and then um, it ended up getting bought recently, or I I licensed it to Break dot com. Um, so it's one of the first videos where they've actually paid, and I'll I could potentially make ad revenue if they're they're pushing it right now. They uploaded it to Break, so I think it's at. I just checked. A second ago it's at it's been up maybe about a day it's at 246,000 views and over a thousand 1.2 shares on Facebook on their site which is great it's awesome yeah man. it's awesome That's great I think having those networks and people that actually push it helps um the key is always finding finding outlets to actually get people to you know, pushing and finding the the right people in the right right places to put it. But oh, more than anything, I think I think the goal is always just keep making stuff and putting out content. And you know, <laughs> that's what I've, at least I've I've learned a lot from from doing this now professionally and and work aside from just Parody Patrol. But yeah, um, yeah, content, creating new content, putting it out there, building that brand. Yeah, I think that's all. Yeah, I read crucial. a great book called Content Incorporated that yeah. uh, Stephen Walden, who's a frequent frequent guest contributor, however you want to call that of of the podcast, he yeah. uh, he introduced me to the book. And yeah, it's even if even if you have a product, 
and you're looking to build your business, or even they say before you start creating content to build your audience before you launch your product or before sure. you even at times create it, maybe. Right. That's yeah. Building an audience and building a fan base is definitely key. And I've heard, I don't know, you should post as often as you can and try to get as much content out as you can. Um, at the same time, I've also heard you don't want to have too much in one day because it can potentially like limit and kind of um, keep some, uh, you know, I've heard different things, but I've heard it can like prevent some people from like staying up to date. They may get bored because they're always getting bombarded. So I think the right content at the right time, just the right amount every day is good. So I, again, I don't. I'm always learning this stuff. This is all new to me. I'm trying to figure it out. And but it a couple, changes. Couple the algorithms posts, change. They always are changing. But yeah. I've heard a couple of posts on Instagram, a couple of tweets a day. Um, you know, at least one one share on Facebook or two shares on Facebook. I have to do better. Something. I've been completely out yeah. of the loop with my social media. I'll really. tell you, I'm not much of a social media guy and I'm learning. I'm trying to get better. I just try to definitely whenever I'm pushing something out, make sure I at least um, give it a, a little bit of a push on each each platform for sure. What is great? I think it's good to set up that quota so you know, okay, let me start in the morning or even schedule because there's software to schedule you your, schedule, yeah. you know, do your helpful. post all on one day. And right. then have them spread out throughout. Let let the uh, let the technology work for you. Yeah, you can definitely you can schedule certain times. Sometimes are better during the day. Um, they used to say Tuesdays are a great day, kind of around eleven noonish, because people are at work and they're on their lunch break. But you know, again, I think it depends on what you're doing and what platform. And it's always changing. Twitter is totally different than Facebook, which is different than YouTube, which is so <laughs> so yeah. much to learn. But yeah. um, it's it's good to just keep creating and putting it out and trying to make as much, in our case, as much fun, silly, fun. St- uh, like goofy stuff as possible. Yeah, and it, the the tasty bit was great because it Thank was you. well done. Yeah. You had it where it looked like it was one of those videos. Yeah, that and was we the one. we won't give it away. What I want people to go see it. Okay, cool. so definitely Parody Patrol. If you go to is is that video just solely on no, Facebook it's, it's, or Breakneck.com well, right now? It's on YouTube. It's on our YouTube page. YouTube.com backslash Mr. Parody Patrol. Parody Patrol was taken, so we got Mr. Parody Patrol, right. but it's on our it's like Mr. Facebook. Mr. Show, but Parody Patrol. Exactly. You combine the two, those two great brands. Exactly. Yeah. You can, you can find it there. You can find it on facebook.com backslash Parody Patrol. Um, and then, yeah, it's over on Breaks. Uh, break.com's website. So it's probably um, best to look at it on Break. You. Uh, I honestly would tell people to go to our YouTube page because I'm trying to get the subscribers and views up on our YouTube channel. So, but you can see it there. You can see it on Break's website if you Google um, "a tasty surprise." I think is how they have it labeled. Um, Yeah, you can see it Break.com, their YouTube page, our YouTube page, our Facebook page. Put it. uh, It will be. I'll be putting it on Instagram soon because it's under 60 seconds, and that's awesome that Instagram now is you can actually put videos on there that are up to 60 seconds long. So I we will not, be posting. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Well, there you go. Something okay. new. Yeah, you can put um, you can put content up to 60 seconds on now. It used to be 15. And so they're always changing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a, that was a lot of fun to do. It was super simple to do. Spent probably about four hours doing it um, just in my apartment trying to... I'm like, what can, I, what, can, what can I do today to get a video out that would be good and maybe be funny and silly and, and then twist because I always like to have a twist and, and that's kind of I, I won't spoil it but uh, 
that was kind of what it came up with. That's fun. So, it's, it's, yeah, we, we tried to do that. <laughs> nice to do something simple, and with, with parodies, you can take things like that. I mean, yeah. I, I love those videos. I, I love the those tasty videos. It's amazing yeah. all the things you can make. Do I always do it? I, I've made a few things that I've saw on there, but no. uh, I'm probably not going to make your salad that you, that you were making. I don't think you should make yeah, that, yeah. no. Um, it's been really interesting watching all the comments on uh, on Break's website, just as everybody's commenting what they say. People people are sharing it. People are like, "Oh man, this is this is uh, this, <laughs> this is way more disgusting." Or I was really into this video, and then I saw that, and I laughed, and also got super grossed out. Um, it's nice when you can really throw people off guard, and I like doing that a lot with a lot of the videos, just totally twisting twisting you think you're watching one thing and then you're totally not watching that at all it's fun to just throw a curveball in there it's, yeah that's that's a guy i like twisting especially on shorts yeah you, for sure you have to I, I i believe that there has to be some sort of twist or something that catches the audience for off sure guard or something to look forward to exactly yeah i think that's i think i think that's always that's for me that's the key for me it's always what gets me the most is when I'm watching something and I think I know what's going to happen and I think I know what the twist is going to yeah. be. And then they even throw another curveball. They're leading you one way and they want you to believe that the curveball is going to go this direction. And it actually goes a totally different way. And I'm like, that was good. That was genius. That's a piece of art right there. And, and I think you created that genius. Uh, what was it? Three years ago, the, the piece you did with uh, our mutual friend. Bill Parmentier, Bill, yeah. the the drinking and driving piece. Yeah, that, that was a fun twist, one. That twist, which I listeners, please go. I'll, and I'll, I'll probably post that link on our description page on on the sh- of the show. Yeah, that was a. Gr- I did not. I expected something. Yeah, for sure. But I did not quite expect that. I so think, it was it was cool. Yeah, I love it. I love I love throwing something in that you you know something's gonna happen, but you don't know what or you don't know how it's gonna get there. And uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun little fake PSA we did uh, for drinking and driving. And yeah, Bill was great. You should definitely go check out his stuff, uh, Bill Parmentier. And uh, Dustin Miles was in a new show coming up uh, that a mutual friend of ours, Ryan Doris and Jeff Daniels, did called Time Slot, uh, which is also great. Um, yeah, uh, those two are talented actors, and working with them was super fun, and coming up with that. Um, and then getting them both to totally commit was great. Yeah, I, again, I don't want to ruin it for you, but um, it's dark, <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's a lot. Definitely. What? What did, did you? Um, did you help out with time slot? I mean, I helped I did. out a little, I, but I, I did. Wasn't... I know you. Uh, I gaffed it. Um, I I co-gaffed it with uh, Dan Gartner. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to do. Um, Ryan came to me and he's like, "Hey, man, we need somebody to help light this you down." I'm like, "Yeah, bro, totally." Um, <laughs> and I think that show is awesome. And I've got a. I've I've seen it. I know they're uh, they're putting it on Amazon Prime, and um, I think it should be out. Tuesday. I know they've been having some technical difficulties, but definitely go check that show out too. And I held out, so I um, you haven't seen it yet. I saw the first episode, okay, but I was just kind of waiting for the official yeah, release because I figured, for sure, just as 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 people that are savvy to how this stuff works, yeah, it's you know you're rated on you know a lot of times these days number of views this and that and so i just figured you know what uh at, at the time i think it was busy at the time i really couldn't just sit and get into it but it would be fun to watch that just kicking back on the couch with the right. television through amazon yeah. prime yeah totally i so, i love helping those guys help um i love helping you out i mean it's like i feel i mean those guys 
have helped me so much since the beginning. You know, like when I got out of school, I started creating. Uh, I wanted to do my own stuff because I got fed up. I'm sure you have too. Just working on sets. And it's like I'm tired of doing the same thing. I'm tired of working for these bozos. I kind of <laughs> want to create some of my own stuff. Um, for me, it was creating fake commercials and real commercials, but my own spec. And that's how Parody Patrol pretty much formed. It's like, okay, well, I'm doing a lot of spec commercials and video contests. What if I just made... Everybody's always calling me out on, hey, I know that's a spec commercial when I submit it. So why don't I just make fake commercials and parodies of commercials? And that's really how Parody Patrol formed. But um, yeah, back to uh, Time Slot and those guys, uh, Jeff and Ryan. Um, amazing friends, amazingly talented, um, creative people. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, and they were always willing and down to help. You were always willing to come out and help. Um, and and I think it's great. And I think that the more we all help each other and push each other forward, um, the better all our stuff's going to be. And when when Ryan said he had this idea for this uh, show about a time-traveling slot machine, I'm like, yeah, I'm totally, yeah, 100%. What do you... Whatever you need, man. You need you need somebody to help light. I'm I'm down. So because um, he's come out so many times and acted in videos. Jeff has shot so many videos. You've come out and produced stuff before. Um, it's just great working with all you guys. It's always it's been fun. fun when you get the right group of people. Yeah. And I, I guess in the past when I started doing this, it was more about the destination. Yeah. And it's like having something finished that I kind of forgot about that journey. It's a great journey. And, yeah. yeah. It's it, it's an exploration. Uh, it's a journey. And, uh, yeah, you know where you'd like to go, but you don't know how you're going to get there. And yeah. I think it's about just like we were talking about earlier, building that momentum yeah. and keeping it rolling and just keep creating. And if you don't enjoy the process, this yeah. shit, this, it, there's our explicit, I had to, had to go there. Beep. Yeah. We'll bleep that out, right? But it, it just takes so much time as, yeah. as we all know, anybody that's worked in this, to, oh, yeah. to do some, in the early days, it seems like you could just less intense so maybe you're not lighting, you're not doing this, but as you get better doing this, then it's like the stakes are higher and that it takes takes so much more attention to detail. For sure. And so all the time that goes into it, if it's not, if you're not working with enjoyable people and not enjoying the journey aspect of it, then it's almost, it's not even worth doing. Yeah. You it's have to enjoy it. Too if much is involved. I, I keep telling myself that um, anytime I take any project on, I'm like, am I going to, am I... Am I enjoying this? Am I liking what I'm doing? Is this a project I want to be directing? Is this a project, you know, I want to be working on? And if I say yes and it's worth my time, I'm totally doing it. And if, if not, I try to, I try to, I'm like, okay, well, maybe not this time, maybe next time, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, um, it's gotta be, it's gotta be something that you're passionate about. Otherwise, why are you doing it? <laughs> you know? Definitely. So. When did you get into parody? When did, um, I, I think, I think when I was in college, I was doing videos starting college. I always had a dark sense of humor, and I remember making um, some. I tried. I tried experimenting, doing different different genres. I tried kind of doing more uh, romantic uh, melodramas and um, more serious stuff. And I think it wasn't until like sophomore junior year that I'm like, you know what? I think what I really like is doing dark comedy. And um, I always liked acting uh, when I was in high school. And some of my favorite roles to do were the silly, goofy, 
parts that usually had something a little morbid that happened in them. Those were usually my favorite plays to be in and usually my favorite movies to watch. Um, I mean, this is going to sound silly, but one of my favorite movies is Harold and Maude, which is um, uh, pretty much about a, uh, a kid who keeps faking his own death every time. Uh, his mom tries to introduce a new girlfriend um, just so he could get out of going out on a date. And uh, it's insane and it's crazy. And he ends up finding love at a funeral with an, with a, a, a lovely lady who's full of life. But um, yeah, something about that, that just struck a nerve in me. And I'm like, this is great. This is different. This is interesting. I really like this. And so, um, yeah, start exploring comedy, start exploring um, different genres of comedy and after college, you know, working on enough short films, enough movies and enough commercials. I'm like, you know what I can, it was, it was honestly my brother who came to me who, who really kind of, uh, really encouraged me to start going for just directing comedy in, in general. And, uh, it was a YouTube contest that YouTube was hosting called uh, project direct. And, um, he's like, Hey, there's this video contest and I've seen some of the entries from last year. And I, I kind of think, listen, he's like, I, he was just getting into like doing video at school and he didn't know that much about it. Um, but he's like, I think we can do something better than all this content. I don't think it's that good. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's try something. Let's try doing something. And we came up with this really silly movie called, it's really simple and sweet. Um, uh, and I don't think that one went that dark, but um, uh, it was my first taste of directing a video that was straight up comedy for fun, and uh, it was called "A Bunny Thing Happened." A bunny thing happened on the way to work, and about this guy who uh, didn't fit in, kind of fish out of water story, and everybody, everybody around him was a uh, was it everybody was a everybody was a bunny, and he was a human. And he didn't fit in, so we ended up <laughs> reading a book on how to become a bunny, and he became a bunny, and sure enough, when he showed up to work the next day, everybody was a human. So um, he still didn't fit in, no matter what he did to try to conform, which is really simple, like, archaic story, but, like, um, um, it did well. It, it it was a finalist. It was a top 10 finalist on the YouTube page. They put it on the front page, got, like, 115,000 views in a day, I remember just working on a commercial and watching the view count go up. I'm like, whoa, whoa, there's something here. I can do something in this genre. And uh, um, it was the first of many video contests I got into and started doing a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of spec commercials, a lot of silly comedy writing, creating a lot of silly, goofy stuff. And uh, probably did that for about three and a half to four years. And while I was doing that, I started to do some short films, came out with, um, I think the first one that really spun, the first one that officially started Parody Patrol is I always wanted to do like a 80s romantic comedy movie. And I always loved action movies too. And I always thought it was so <laughs> silly how they never reloaded, like you rarely saw like a gun getting reloaded on camera. They always like shot. And if you counted bullets, you're like, there's no way I see the size of that magazine. No, that's all like controversial stuff right now, size of magazines. But like, you always could tell like that's probably a 15 round magazine. And they clearly shot like 45 rounds or something like that before they reloaded. Yeah, movies. It's, it's crazy. It's just, they, 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 it's, Take creative liberty with yeah. it, and they just run with it. So the physics in a movie is different. Like if you exactly. look at 
like uh, I I checked out at, from the library at one point that GI Joe movie because mm-hmm. I I figured this is not going to be great. Yeah. And but you know I should see it. Yeah. And it was just the physics of all that. You have a guy jump out of an airplane with no parachute and land on his feet. It right. just yeah, I have a problem with. I think there should be some realism, and for and, sure. And your piece there was to... it was being a parody, and and all the all the bullets that were flying was funny, but uh, yeah, it, it it seemed real. It seemed pretty intense. I I wanted it to be so. I wanted to do a, like a romantic action comedy. And I wanted it to set place in the eighties, um, and I wanted it to be on a cliff uh, with a. Like beautiful view, uh, a classic car was as classic. And we got like a, I think it was an MG convertible, like 1969. Um, but it was nice, bright yellow. Um, and I just really wanted like an arpeggiator, like just creating basically um, the soundtrack for Drive. Kind of had that very 80s feel for to it. Uh, the Ryan Gosling movie, um, and. Yeah, kind of created some stuff similar to that. I really wanted to pull the audience in and then just shake them, completely shake them up with like a full blown out action. You, th- you think it's going one way and then it just totally twists. And I, some of my, I remember going to the LA Comedy Film Festival and just sitting in the audience. And you've seen the movie so many times, you just like watching people's reactions. That, that's a lot of directors say that. They're like, well, just sit in the back and watch how everybody reacts. And I remember sitting there and, uh, a buddy, a couple friends were sitting next to me, and there was a bunch of other people in the audience. And just it got to that one moment where I knew the twist was going to happen, and just watching everybody's face. Some were super engaged, others were super bored because it's a really cheesy, like intro to the movie. Um, but that was what I planned to do, and uh, and then it just twists, and the action happens, and everybody's face, their jaw drops, and they're like, whoa. They were not expecting that at that moment. I'm like, yes, success. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, it was good. It was fun. I got a parody. I got a parody action romantic comedies, um, and then I got a parody in the action uh, – or sorry, I got a parody romantic comedies, and then I got a parody in action movie just with a full-blown-out uh, gunfight where they – hardly reload and i remember being at a film festival um probably a couple months after and uh when i went up to go talk about the film afterwards somebody asked i I noticed nobody really reloaded and (laughs) i didn't understand i'm like that was that was the joke (laughs) and uh uh some people got it other people uh clearly not but um yeah, I that 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 was the first film that officially started Parody Patrol in two thousand. I think I started the YouTube channel. I, I made that movie and I decided, you know what, I want to make make a YouTube channel dedicated to doing parodies. And then more than anything, it's expanded out to just doing sketches and and funny short films and other silly stuff. But um, it definitely has a a, a base around parody, and uh, that was the first. Give the title. Uh, that. The, 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 so, sorry, yeah, I haven't said that. It's uh, Lovers Lookout, the movie. Uh, Kind of a double entendre, but uh, Lover's Lookout is the name of that short film. And uh, uh, it, it was so much fun to do. Um, I'm actually itching to do another one, so I'm already starting. To, my brain's trying to turn about how I can do another action action, uh, action flick. But, um, yeah, that was the first film on the YouTube channel. And from there, it just spun into doing... And how many do you have now? What- uh, I think the count's up to 26. That's amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's been about, so I started that, oh, started the YouTube channel in 2012, it di- officially didn't launch it until 2013, because um, I just wanted to get the domain name and own that as I was finishing the movie, spent a year kind of promoting it at film festivals, and then started the YouTube channel uh, 2013, and had by that point done the uh, drinking and driving parody already and done probably about three or four other videos because talk about consistency at the time. I knew I had to have content every month. And, uh, um, yeah, started putting them out once a month. Eventually it caught up to me and work caught up to me and it was very hard to um, create it every single month. Um, And that's always a challenge. I'm trying to get back on the bandwagon of doing it once a month. My goal now is to... I really like to have a new video every two weeks. Yeah. Um, Dead, deadlines are great. But sometimes... Deadlines are great. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard it when you have difficult. a full-time job. It's about building that momentum and f- having a concept, I think, that's simple enough that you could do and do quickly and efficiently. A lot of my videos um, and the videos that we do over at Parody Patrol are very intensive, and they take a lot of production, especially well, well, the, the bigger ones. the level of detail and the fact that you have 26, and, and recently you did... You did the uh, the Trump piece. Yeah, that was that was fun. And, and the art direction of that it was amazing. That's great. That was and Sean Gartner on that. You were putting things on YouTube and all that. And I know you've always been when when you don't get the help, you've always been the do it yourselfer, and you're creating costumes and you're sewing. If I have to, and doing everything, whatever. Uh, it's not takes. so much sewing. I tr- uh, not good at sewing. I'll use more. Uh, um, uh, we just gaff taping everything. Safety, oh, safety, safety pins. pins. I think lovers look out. I made yeah. all the seat cushions for that. Um, that the uh, uh, Jeff Daniels who shot Time Slot definitely check out that video. Um, he was the uh, special effects uh, guru on that film, and we had hoses feeding up behind the seats to have like flower hits and dust hits exploding out of the car every time a bullet went whizzing by. And I made all these furry seventies um like seat cushions, and I didn't know how to sew, and I didn't know anybody at the time who um had the, the I had like couple days to get this before I had to go film. I'm like, well, screw it. If I can't sell, I'm going to safety pin this whole thing. So I basically safety pin the whole thing together. But yeah, I, I've always had a, like, I figured if you're going to make something, you need to know how to do everything. Um, you may not need to know how to do everything great, but you at least have to understand how everything and, and works. And you may not have to actually do everything, but I think no, but having I, that understanding when you're in a leadership role, right. then you you know what it takes to do it. And yeah. I think you're a little more understanding, especially with low budget for sure, or no budget to uh, to what your people are going through, what your volunteers exactly. are going through, and yep. not to be a, a total dictator. Right. Get what you want, get it at a high quality, but yeah. not... Yeah, don't be a dick, you know. Don't put the dick in dictator. Exactly. Yeah, you you need to know what you need to know what's going on on set and you have to if you're going to have a crew out there, if you have a bigger piece that you're doing and you can't one man bandit, um which is hard to do. It's really hard to do, but sometimes um you kind of have to do it. it just depends on people's schedules or or the concept. Um I don't always I honestly don't like doing it that often, but I'll I'll do it if I have to do it. Um the Trump piece that you're talking about, um, which was a definition, um, part of our definitions series, um, I had a lot of really helpful talent. I had a makeup art. Marcy Ann Weger came out to do makeup and Sean Gartner was art direction on that and Dan Gartner came out to shoot that and Dan Allen was producing that. Um Um I had a lot of really helpful people because I had super talented Nick Vaderat, um uh, comedian based uh, 
He's based in New York. He's from St. Louis originally. Um, I asked him in December. I saw him at a comedy show, and I'm like, hey, Nick, um, he's been on Comedy Central. He's been all over the place. Did you know Nick before the comedy show? I had met Nick. I had met met Nick through uh, a buddy of mine's um, comedy show that he was doing, um, um, Up and Down, which is uh, uh, created by Bare Knuckle Comedy, which is a great, amazing, hilarious comedy group here in town uh, in St. Louis. But um, yeah, met him there doing that. He did an episode and had seen with other comedy shows over the last couple of years um, whenever I'd go help those guys out. And um, yeah, I thought it was really funny um and had to had to get him in a video and he was totally down um which was amazing i was super super awesome to work with and um yeah i don't i i don't know what else to say uh, what well, just goes to show if, if you if you recognize he, talent and you know he has a, a bit of a name so he's you know Comedy Central, that's not too shabby. He's been on Comedy and, Central, he's been on Conan, he's been on Yeah, he's definitely night. been he's he's definitely on that trajectory. For sure. You know, he's a talented guy, super for sure. so I've seen I mean he's written a lot of stuff for T J. Miller, he's yeah. done all kinds of stuff. But um, looking at that, it it just goes to show, I guess my point is It doesn't I, I hurt to ask. It, it, it never, never hurts, hurts to, ask, to ask. And it's yeah. always worth asking. That's, definitely. That that's what the takeaway. I'm like, you know what? I can either I can either say, you know what, I can never get him. Um, I should just create, keep creating stuff until people start coming to me, or I can just start reaching out to people and being like, "Hey, I got this thing. You down to do it? No? Okay, no worries. You know." Um, and yeah, he was totally down to come do it. And what a great sport! And worked super hard. It was really funny. And uh, we went out to the streets. I don't give. I don't want to give that one away, but uh, went out to the streets to do. There was an actual. Trump rally going on down the streets and I'm like hey here's the character go for it we're just going to videotape you uh and we're going to see what happens and I'll I'll be there to hopefully block block a punch in case something happened and uh it was he he talk about somebody who just stayed in character Nick is amazing and he just went for it and people were yelling the mo- both sides uh were yelling the most hostile things and he just stayed with it and um, that was an idea that our cinematographer Dan came up with like last minute. He's like, Hey, I know you don't have a bumper for this yet. And this might be a fun thing to do. And talk about collaboration. I love it when people like throw out great ideas on set. They're like, Hey, here's an idea for something. What if we tried this? I'm like, that would be awesome. That's a great idea. And not every idea is always going to be great, but it's, it's always nice and welcoming to have people like contributing whenever, you know, because, you know, genius can, can come out of any floorboard and um not that anybody <laughs> that's a bad analogy I'm not saying that any crew members ever floorboards but it's like every crack every Are you saying dan gartner has a wooden personality oh no dan <laughs> dan is the no he's he's, he's a floorboard he's, he's no uh um, no i get it yeah it's it's just basically cre- it everybody has a bit of creative talent and um has an idea and it's always awesome to welcome whatever people have um, well, I find it interesting when you're working with people to see what their interpretation is of your idea or your yeah, inst- for sure. instructions and if you get really good creative people mm-hmm. yeah I don't think surrounding yourself with creative people is really important yeah I don't think it, it's I love necessary doing that. if you give too much sometimes that spoils that creativity and that interpretation so I sure. found that you give enough to communicate your idea thoroughly and then you see kind of what 
what evolves from that yeah what, what that what that generates and i i think that's part of the magic of it all i i agree i think um um you have to i think jason reitman uh who directed juno by the way um <laughs> thank you for smoking i think he put it once saw an interview he came to our our university and he was talking about um directing and how a director's role really is you're gonna get all kinds of creative um, ideas from every department coming to you and it's your job to pick the ones that you think steer the project in the direction that's best for the project according to your vision so um somebody may come up makeup department may come up and be like hey i want to do this eyeshadow because i think it fits the character and you can either take it or you could say you know what that's a good idea but i was kind of seeing it more this way um and they're like okay and it's a collaboration for sure and you know um they may say you know what if we did this scar like for for example um the Trump video, uh, we had a mad scientist and our makeup artist come up and she's like, I want to give him cracks in the line. I think that might be good. Do you want me to pale his face? I'm like, yes, totally. That would be great for his character. He's very cold. I like that. That's a great idea. I didn't see it that way. And you shed a new light towards something I wasn't seeing. And again, it all goes back to having really smart, creative people around you to help you uh, create your vision. And again, if if I know in my head that I see it this way, um, I'll thank somebody for an idea, but I'll still try to run with it the way I see it because I know in my head that's how it has to cut, and I it, it it's got to go that way. Um, uh, but yeah, maybe you don't know exactly how something's gonna go, and somebody brings up an idea that you're like, yes, that fits perfectly, and being willing, I think being willing to accept ideas and willing to yeah. listen to all ideas yeah, is it's, important it's as having a director. That, that general blueprint, yeah, and. You know, a lot of times if you look at that, you know how the building is going to be built. You know right. the structure, but you don't necessarily know what the paint's going to be, exactly. what color it's going to be. You haven't be. thought that far ahead. Maybe that's yeah. just something that you kind of want to see where it gets there. I can't tell you how many times I, I like to edit a lot of the videos that we do. And I um, uh, can't tell you how many times I'll get into editing and I just see something that I you know, and it might involve just getting a pickup shot of something, or it might involve like a sound effect that I never thought of before. Um, and I never like. Sometimes I have that sound effect in my head, and I'm I'm shooting exactly for that. And I know it's gonna work, and I get in the editing room, and it works perfectly. It works exactly how I saw it. And other times, it's, it's an exploration, and you're trying to discover what's gonna work, and you figure it out, and you're like, okay. That's that's awesome. You know, um, you don't know exactly always how the pieces are going to go. You know, you have a general blueprint, like you said, but um, uh, it's definitely it's definitely it, it's a creative process and it's fun and it's rewarding. And it's it's great to collaborate with people because uh, you get better results, I feel. So at some point, Adam's going to need some bling for uh, for one of his videos and uh you know, it may not be a custom piece from Kevin Blumenkamp may not be the way to go because if you've watched any of Adam's video, uh, and if you've watched Adam's videos, a lot of times there's a lot of blood in there. It's it's funny. It's done in a good way, uh, and you should definitely check out his videos. But uh, it might not be something that is good for a custom piece of fine jewelry from Kevin. You can reach him at 314-346-6498 and on Facebook as well. You know, he's still building up his social media. But 
the main thing is he's focused on his work and it's just some of the best work that you'll ever see. So reach out to him and then he can send you some examples and put something together for your loved ones or, or for yourself. So looking at collaboration, yeah, it's, or just looking at the details of the project, when you get into a narrative, it's like really creating that world. Yeah. And so having the script and I think, Sometimes I think I'm just lazy, but uh-huh. then again, because documentaries, you kind of find that, and then you pull that out yeah. generally in the editing. And you, part of it is I, I really I find people's stories really interesting. So I think that's one thing sure. that's gravitated me towards documentaries, even yeah. though I, I have some ideas for some narratives I want yeah. to put together. But just knowing that with a documentary, I can go with a camera and capture that. And then, you know, it seems like there's not as many resources as with a narrative because you don't necessarily need, you know, you can get by with one subject and create something cool. You can. Whereas with uh, the narrative, if you don't have those words, that script, that story, I don't know. Do you, do you find yourself having things more planned out or do you do a lot of improv or is it a, a little bit of both? How, a little bit what's, of both. What's your process? A little bit of both. Um, usually... Usually, um, I try to be as prepared as I can. I don't always necessarily storyboard. I like to do video boards whenever I'm doing a short film, particularly, um, or something super complex. Well, explain to the listeners what a video board is. So video board is basically a storyboard that I actually physically go out and shoot. Um, and I kind of got the idea. Um, it's from Rob- Robert Rodriguez did it a lot um, when he was, uh, I think, doing, was it? Desperado, I think he was doing it. Yeah, because he was uh, he he was doing it with um, Antonio Banderas. He was doing a whole action fight sequence, and I don't. I think he's actually a talented um, artist. I think he actually had a um, Los Hooligans. He had a, a he was a, he's a cartoonist uh, for his uh, high school and university. But um, he would always go out and do video boards, and he'd shoot it and try to find the best angles just to figure out how he was going to frame it and how he was going to shoot it and what moments he was going to edit. And he put the whole piece together and be like, okay, that's working. That's not working. At this moment, I want this to happen at that moment. And um, so when I was doing Lover's Lookout, um, I, I actually did that. I took took my cast and crew um, out to the location. Well, we first, I think we did it. No, yeah, we went out to the location, and I said, okay, at this moment, I want you to be here, and I want you to turn, and this, I want this to happen. And I blocked the whole thing out, and I blocked each beat out, and and then I rehearsed, like, that was an example of where I, like, overly rehearsed it, because I knew on set, I had a full crew. It wasn't one-man band. I didn't have the time just to take with a couple of actors and be like, okay, let's try it this way, let's try it that way. I had to know exactly what I wanted to get when I was on set, because time was, we had... 10 hours in the day and it was supposed to ring and it did ring and it just made <laughs> made that shoot so much more difficult um but yeah i had everything planned out to the t and all pre-shot and we rehearsed it a couple of times um the emotional connection i wanted between the actors um during the love and romantic parts and the action we we blocked out so i knew exactly what shots and i can just show it to my cinematographer and be like hey and my effects guy uh jeff and just be like tim jeff matt ryan here's what we're gonna do this is how we're gonna do it um and that helped so much for me just to get my vision out um of my head because it's all up here and sometimes you, you see it up here and you don't need it you know sometimes i don't need to storyboard it or sometimes i don't need for the most part 
usually um i don't need to always storyboard it because it's all in my head um and other times i have to put it on not paper but put it on some sort of medium um so usually it's it's video and video boards but um occasionally yeah there's it's definitely some some improv on set um depending on a lot of a lot of the shorter pieces there we'll try different things we'll try to experiment see what the i usually like to let the talent try um whatever they want and then if if something's in my head that i think would be funny i'm like well what if we try that what if we try this um so it's being open to people's interpretation because i'm not i'm not the funniest guy in the world i'll be through things yeah i'm not i don't have every idea you know i have um uh i definitely if I see something in my head and I think it's going to be great, I know I can make it great. That's usually what I find. Um, if I see it cutting well, I know I, it, it'll cut well in my head. Um, and that's good. It's good to when you're when you're out there to be cutting it in your head. Oh, yeah. You, then you know the pieces that you, you have to capture. You have to pick up, yeah. Um, and the pieces that, you know, I don't need that coverage because I don't want to cut it that way yeah. because I don't. Th- you know, a lot of people sometimes will cover it from a lot of different angles. Um, and they do that because they don't know how they're going to edit it. Usually I know how I'm going to edit it. Um, and usually I know if I'm grabbing some extra coverage and people are like, why do we need that shot? I'm like, trust me, this is going to, this is going to save me. This is going to, I'm all about pacing. I feel, um, pacing is super important to me. Um, I don't always get it right by far. I'm always learning, but, um, a lot of it comes, um, the pacing on the set is, is is super crucial getting it with the talent getting the beats right at the right moment to react a certain way to wait that extra time for that joke or or xyz that's super important and a lot of it comes from the editing too and where you cut and how you cut and what angles you cut and what sound effects you kind of overlay to kind of emphasize that certain bit and so um um i started by doing a lot of a lot of my pacing with editing and i kind of discovered how I wanted pacing more or less to go on set and knew where I needed to slow down or, or pick it up. Cause there's some things that you can get totally, you know, in the editing bay and other things, like I said, you have to get on set. So it's pacing is crucial and having an idea of how you want it to go ahead of time is super important. Cause it just makes your life so much easier. And what, what are some, looking back at what, what are some examples of some things that you've seen that you say, yeah, that's just, great pacing because you see a lot of times nowadays with no film school which is it's a fun website to look at and then they'll have different examples like one was lawrence of arabia Mm. where they had a scene where it was a two shot and they went to uh they went to him blowing out the candle yeah and so you look at things where it's like you don't always have to cut you can get things with with movement of the camera and sometimes it's good to just linger on a shot for that dramatic tension I mean, what's a good example of something that maybe you model your work after? You say, yeah, this feels right, and, and I want my, my work to feel like this. Some of the things that inspire me the most, um, like great movies that have great pacing. I love the end uh, sequence of good and bad, ugly. I think that's awesome. I think that's really well done how they build that tension between three people. It's a great showdown. It's um, And ex- explain that scene just to give the listeners it's, a better it's, idea it's, of how, how it's paced well. It starts wide and it just keeps getting closer and closer and slowly building. They're cutting faster and faster between guns, eyes, looks, um, until the final shot, which they just super speed up. Um to get that final gunshot it's just if you were mathematically go through it um 
the numbers as far as time keeps getting shorter and shorter, and it's a really good slow build. Um, um, movies that and, and films that really inspire me as far as pacing and style um, that I think do it great. Um, Edgar Wright um, is a great director, and, and um, some of the work he creates, his visual com- comedy is is so good. And um, I remember, I think we were it was a screenwriting class in in film school. We were talking Sha- talking about Shaun of the Dead, and um, uh, talking a lot about how he uses transitions. And then I recently saw. Uh, probably within the last year, I saw an interview where he talks about how he uses his transitions, and he finds it boring to cut like when when a car pulls up to a house and you see somebody get out of the car, um, and you see them start to walk into the car. It's like, why do you need all that? Why do you need to? You're trying to get from point A to point B. There's got to be a more visual way to get there. That's so mundane. Why do you need to show it that way? Well, what if he cuts straight to like? a jump cut zoom in of a tire stopping and a close up of a foot coming out and then cuts to a couple other things to establish like what's going on. And then next thing you know, the guy's inside on the couch. Um, uh, and he does a lot of that. He with, does like, that like with whip pans and things whip like that. Pans, moving cameras, moving so like, cameras, uh, yeah. zooms, a lot of zooms, um, snap zooms, does that in uh, hot fuzz. Um, basically tool-up montages. He uses tool-up montages as um, as transitions. And I think that style, um, I really like it because it's a, it's, it's a unique way of getting the pacing right. Um, because you can't, again, you can't always get it on set. And if you know ahead of time, okay, I want to get these, these B-roll shots, basically to kind of help speed up and add energy in between the, for the mundane stuff, you're going to keep the energy of the audience, I feel. So, um, he's really good about doing that. Um, uh, the world's end, he actually had a fight sequence where he actually had one camera going the whole time and he didn't cut away because, um, he was able to get the choreography so good on set that he didn't need to do a bunch of quick cuts. You see that a lot in movies, action movies, they'll quick cut all the time because they're trying to get that pacing up. Um, and I love, yeah, it's like kinetic energy. Exactly. You, you you love it because it's energetic and it's keeping you um, on the toes of your feet, uh, balls of your feet. But um, sometimes sometimes it can be too much. Sometimes the Bourne series can be way too much and you have no idea the context. Mad Max did a really good job of, uh, of, of cutting fast. Um, yeah, Mad Max is a great example of like styles. Mad Max I, Fury Road. The, the Fury Road, the newest one. Um George Miller, he would speed ramp through certain shots and he would hold on certain shots as long as there was something fast moving or something action packed going throughout the frame. He'd hold on it. But if it was boring, he'd quick cut to something. Yeah. Um, and that's an energy in the frame, that kinetic yeah. energy in the frame. So then you're not. You didn't need to do yeah, it with editing. You yeah, just you hold on it. Cut. So yeah, yeah. yeah, there's enough visual interest in it. And that. I think that's, again, it's all, everything's about pacing. And if you can slow down for that like good and bad and ugly slow down in the beginning where you need to keep it slow and then build it up where you need to get fast i think like a roller coaster ride you need those ups and downs you need that for an audience to like mm-hmm. be sitting on the edge of their seat and um so yeah edgar Wright, george miller what they've been doing um with all their 
features. It's been great, really inspirational. The Daniels, they're music video directors, but they're super inspirational to me because the way they edit, the way they get their pacing. A buddy of mine um, in L.A. who I went to film school with actually writes for those guys. They, If you don't know, the Daniels have a new movie. They did the Turn Down for What music video, and they had the new movie coming out with Daniel Radcliffe and uh, Paul Dano called Swiss Army Man coming out July 1st. And um, it is... It looks like it is the most bizarre looking movie I've ever seen. Um, it's I think it's about a guy who finds a dead body on the beach and he ends up carrying the dead body around. That bad body ends up talking to him and he uses it basically as a Swiss army knife to get through the, the forest and jungle and uses them to find meals. I, I, again, I don't know. I haven't. I got to see the movie. <laughs> I don't know anything about this, but the trailer and. I mean, it's their style. If you've seen any of their, the Daniels' work, if you've seen Turn Down for What, the way they cut, the way they edit, the way they speed ramp, um, a lot of it's done in post, is what a friend of mine who writes for them does. He's like, yeah, a lot of it, they, they're trying to figure it out. They always know on set, but they always know when they're in there in post trying to figure it out. Um, I think they have to have a pretty good idea of what they're getting on set to be able to do what they do in post. But um, they're always able to make their pacing work. And it always is something very unique and very different and very engaging. Keeps me on the edge of my seat. Um, Huge inspiration. Yeah, those guys. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. I'll have to check that out because I've just haven't been following what, what news coming out. I've just been, you know, trying to do this and work on other things and just, you know, live life and, I just watched more movies back in the day and followed more media. Although I, I think it's a little more television. I have a HBO night because yeah. I just, I, if you watch Silicon Valley. I haven't yet. No, oh, I know. I need it, to. And it's I brilliant. think TJ Miller is hilarious. I love yeah, that He's dude. great. Yeah. This, um, the whole cast, great ensemble. Yeah, for sure. It's just amazing. Well-written, just, just genius. That's good. It just, it definitely parodies the, uh, you know the Silicon Valley, the, the the tech culture. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's yeah. I just I can't speak enough about it. I watched the first season fell in love. a couple times. You yeah, know, I just nice. it was just so good. One Super of the best cool. dick jokes ever. At the <laughs> I have the seen that. I think that's a great dick joke. Yeah, yeah, I do like a good dick joke for sure. <laughs> dick and ball joke always uh, uh, tickles my fancy. <laughs> Ooh, tickling your ear. What Ooh, were we? Yeah, yeah, now we definitely are net explicit. Oh Adam. boy, Uh-oh. you got to bleep everything. Yeah, families can't can't listen to this. For sure. but, so what's next for you? What's next with Parody Patrol? What are you working on? What uh, what else about, you want to talk about and t- wrap it up? Talk about building momentum. I'd like to be. YouTube channel's been doing it for three years. I want it to keep growing. Um, I want to be putting more content out uh, for sure. Um, I think we're getting close to 300 views, which I know sounds like nothing. I work for a YouTube channel that's approaching 3 million views. You said 300. <laughs> you mean 300,000? No, just 300 views. Or I'm uh, sorry, not views. 300 subscribers. Gotcha. Well, 300 uh, no, views, man. That's what I get. No, you're, we're, you're we're, doing better than no, me. No, we're about, on, no. we've had, we've had a couple of hits. We're at a, probably about like, Approaching sixty thousand views total on the channel. Um, so, like an average, um, about three hundred subscribers uh, we yeah. have. Um, and I know that's that's a small amount for subscribers for a YouTube channel. Um, but for a grassroots effort, I mean, that's yeah. Uh, again, it, it's, it's hard. There's a lot out there. It's, man. it's really you hard. Gotta keep, you got to keep at it. You got to keep at it. That's. I think that's the goal. I think the goal is to put as much content out as possible and uh, keep creating and. Um, um, so I've definitely been, um, we've talked about just doing a lot simpler concepts, um, 
Um, still love doing the Trump videos. I still love doing the uh, uh, the definitions. The the um, I, I want to do a short film that's action packed. That's going to take a lot more. It's going to take a full crew. It's going to take a budget, which I'll probably have to do a Kickstarter for. But I, you know, I love telling story. I have to keep doing that. So that's definitely going to keep going on the channel. But um, been trying to think of ideas that can be a lot simpler to do to just pump out content. So probably be doing some some more parodies of uh, uh, YouTube vloggers um, that I can put out a couple of videos. Um, Casey Neistat, are you familiar Casey, with him? I am, I am, yeah, yeah, that yeah. That guy's killing sure. it. He has like, YouTube he is videos with like millions of views. For sure, yeah, that guy is just on a roll. Um, and I think he once said, you know, keep putting out content, even if it's, it's shit, you know, just pe- keep creating, keep putting out stuff as much as you can because uh, that's how you grow. Well, with um, him, he had he had a ton of content out there, yeah. and then he did that video where he was protesting. I guess you could say he's protesting the bike lanes. The bike, that that I, was I his video, that. yeah, because it was illegal to not ride in the bike lane. Yeah, and so he, for the listeners who haven't seen this, and uh, uh, you should check it out definitely. And so he just stayed in the bike lane no matter what. And so he's running into cars. He's going through construction, everything, because if he's out of the bike lane, he'd get a ticket. So to, to wrap up, I'll, I'll give the spoiler for this, just to give you an yeah, idea no of the point. video. So he, um, at the end, it's like this police car is parked in the bike lane. So he just rides right into it, smashes into the police car. And it's just like, hey, because he he received a ticket for, you know, I guess avoiding someone out of the yeah. bike lane. And then people <laughs> saw that video and went viral. Yeah. And he had... I think he had probably like 150 or 100 other videos. And by people really digging that video, they went back and watched his other one. So it just goes to show you, anybody out there that's doing this, that it takes one thing to really put you on the map. And if you have that other content, then it just grows. And then that allowed him to make newer content with maybe some more resources, probably some sponsors sponsors and everything. So. You got to keep really creating his life. Yeah, yeah. You never, you never know what's going to blow up. I, we did a video three years ago. It was a silly, uh, dove parody, um, uh, called oh, creepy dude. That's brilliant. I love it. It was, it was so simple. We were honestly, uh, Ken, we were sitting in this room working on one of your scripts and I'm like, Hey, here's an idea. I just saw this commercial and it wasn't officially, it, it had just won a, uh, a, a, is it pronounced cans uh, a can lion award or something for best commercial um yeah the original the, the original, original the original and saw it i'm like ah the my initial reaction is there is some creepy guy behind the camera following all these women around um <laughs> this is a dove commercial and uh um, Dove, by the way, is a great company to parody because they do such serious uh, female empowering, uh, and now they're <laughs> working on empowering men as well. But um, which is very inspirational commercials, and that's always great for parody because you know you can you can do some of the most dark, effed up crap and uh, uh, get away with it. But um, yeah, my first reaction was I gotta do something with a camera guy getting creeped out by. Um, you know, because all these women are, are so shy. What if, what if, what if a guy started creeping on the camera guy and started creeping him out? You know, if all these females are shy, what if a guy is not camera shy at all? And, uh, just creeps. <laughs> basically the difference between guys and girls is kind of what we were playing with. Um, uh, 
uh, and it was called Creepy Dude, and we did this thing probably within a couple days, put it out as they were, and it was all about timing for that video, because I thought we missed the, the boat. We put the video out um, just as it was going on YouTube. Their officially vi- official video was going on YouTube. I thought it was already on YouTube. No, it was only on Vimeo. They hadn't officially put it on their YouTube channel. So it was just starting to blow up as we already had the parody ready to go. And, uh, um, yeah, in a day it got 2,000 views. And before I know it, it was up to, like, I think it's at, like, 10,000. Again, that's not a huge number for... But for us, that was that was a huge deal. That was a big deal. It was getting shared everywhere. Everybody was loving it. Um, well, it starts that way. You get the 10,000, and then you jump up to the next one. Yeah. And it's just so it's... It's just the right the right eyes that's good. I think... at the right time, at the right moment. And you, ne- you never know. You never know what video is going to do it. You just have to keep putting it out until, you know... Yeah. You become quote unquote an overnight success, even yeah. though you know you've been working at oh, this yeah. for years. And it, and it years. always happens that way. But yeah, I, I think ten thousand yeah. is a good barometer that, like, hey, this is something good. Yeah, it's still for one somebody that popular video that's and, unknown. You know, I have oh, yeah. I have only one video that's hit ten thousand, and yeah. it was uh, the music video for Clockwork for, yeah. for the song All Right. So it's you know I want to get some more, but uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll see. So hopefully we'll be putting a video together for my friend Ben Ben Sturgill. Yeah, and uh, I think that he has a, an amazing song. So we were talking, and uh, yeah, who knows? By the time this is released, we'll see. You know, we'll see where we're at in that process. But I think that could just be a fun video with a great vibe. So yeah. it's just feeling it out, listening to the song, and uh, just seeing what feels right. So totally. I have a whole concept which which I'll share at some point, but uh, I think that could just be an amazing video. And I, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to, I've been been out of the saddle for a while, um, just, just doing other projects. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be fun to to get back and do a music video and do that. Totally. And hopefully we can at some point get together and collaborate on something because uh, yeah. you know that's always Love a blast to. and oh, you know just get to that point where it's we can always great working with you can knock out some knock out some fun content and, yeah. and get it rolling but adam i can't thank you enough for being here oh and yeah I, totally man i encourage thank everyone listening me. to uh to check out your work man because it is a lot of fun and you put so much so much heart into it and so much blood sweat and tears yeah literally i've i've i've, I've bled for check out the newest video <laughs> do a little bit of that exactly so hey youtube.com keep doing it man youtube.com backslash mr parody patrol fantastic get yeah, out there thank see you, it Penn. much love buddy thank you so much ken <laughs> all right wait i didn't oh, i wasn't recording oh fuck <laughs> I, I guess we can do it again yeah that's fine yeah no i'm not i'm not that horrible all right man that was like my little parody for my my little comedy bit for the show nice and, I expected more of a reaction from you to throw something, or but Adam's oh, not man, like I, that. Adam's, I, I got I got such a dry sense of humor. Adam's chill yeah, listeners. So All right, we're we're doing the Lord of the Wing, we're the Lord of the Rings, like multiple endings here. So now we're just gonna cut it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Come on, come on.
This confidence inside me, come like the eye of the storm. 